I stop on the way home to the Christian bookstore, got the very last one on the rack, read the book, you know, within like two days, called the author and I could do online um, life coaching. So, but it made me realize, you know, if I had had stood up and had boundaries, you know, maybe years ago, when you wait till somebody's 60, it's less likely they'll change than if they're younger and you have boundaries and stand up for yourself. Actually, things might change. This is not your mother's middle age. No longer is waking up each day, living the wash, rinse, and repeat cycle acceptable. We have the life lessons, the relationships, the wins, and the losses with which to navigate to our highest self without hesitation and without fear leading the way. We have been there and done that, and so we have so much to offer the world and each other. So join me on this journey speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Thank you so much, Rebecca Day, for joining us on the Second Wind Podcast. So excited to have you. So grateful that you're willing to share your journey with our audience. I think there's a lot that will come from it that so many people will be able to resonate with because you have so many steps that have gotten you to the point now where you actually feel loved for the first time. And, and it's, this is a, this is a long journey that brought you here. So I am excited to dive right in and get started. Are you ready, Rebecca? Yes, I am. Yay. So what we're going to start with first is, which is such a cool story, is your actual second wind moment and what that looked like for you. Can you set that stage for us and tell us about that? Yes. Um, I've worked since I was 15 years old as an accountant. Um, Well, not at 15, but I became an accountant, a controller, and um, very stressful accounting job. And um, my aha moment was um, I was have been in a unhappy marriage, not loved from the beginning. Something I knew something was bad, wrong, and I was raised in the church, a preacher's daughter. And you make your bed and you lie in it, and you stay. And um, I drove into Atlanta every day. I had almost an hour commute there and back. And I would be driving thinking, I don't want to go home and I don't want to be at work and very, very depressed. My kids were raised. Um, my daughter was the youngest and she has just got, had just gone off to college. And my aha moment was I was listening to focus on the family. Um, and he was, that, that was on the radio for you? Yes, it was while a radio. you were driving. Yes. Um, I wasn't savvy enough with podcasts and stuff back then. <laughs> I just listened to the radio. <laughs> and um, anyway, they he was interviewing the author of a book um, called The Emotionally Destructive Marriage. And it was the it was written by Leslie Vernick. 
and I was um, listening to her speak, and it was the first time in my life I had heard from a Christian that maybe my marriage wasn't normal, maybe it was harmful, and maybe it's not good for me to continue the way I'm going. Before, I had thought there was something wrong with me. I wasn't praying hard enough. I wasn't godly enough. I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't woman enough. Mm -hmm. And um, just always felt inadequate. And I tried everything. You know, when you go to church, you come this weekend and we'll save your marriage if you follow these five steps. And um, I prayed and asked God to change my spouse. And I don't really think it ever says in the Bible, you know, pray and I'll change someone. God doesn't change someone who doesn't want to change. And people who don't change, if they don't even see, they have a problem. So um, I began counseling and eventually left and had a few more years of many more. It's only been about four years, but I've had, you know, continued in counseling. But I realized um, God doesn't hate divorce more than he loves me. And that was the most profound thing. Um, Is that what you heard on this book? Yes. On this this radio show about Uh this author talking about her book. Uh Uh-huh. And maybe women shouldn't be belittled and mistreated and verbally abused and they should be treated with love and respect. And um, we'll share this because you're driving, you're listening and you take the car. Yes. I stop on the way home to the Christian bookstore, got the very last one on the rack, read the book, you know, within like two days, called the author and I could do online um, it wasn't counseling. It was life, life. What do you call that? Life coaching, life coaching, coaching. Okay. So, but it made me realize, um, you know, if I had had stood up and had boundaries, you know, maybe years ago, when you wait till somebody's 60, it's less likely they'll change than if they're younger and you have boundaries and stand up for yourself. Actually, things might change. So, um, so you read the book. Uh huh. And what happened? Um, I got counseling with her and then also got local counseling, got counseling in my church. Um, and I left. I left and um, got further counseling, couples counseling, but there was no change. And so I divorced and um had some rough years. You think it, you're, it's all going to be great after that. And it's not, you know, you, you know, 30 years of that being beat down and not feeling loved and not being loved. And, um, you know, you believe those things and that's, it really changes who you are and how you see yourself. And, um, but through counseling, um, I just changed my life. I realized I was worthy of love. God made me to love and be loved. And um, I've since met someone and I'm married and very happy. I'm loved. <laughs> loved. For the, as you said to me just this morning, I and when we talked before, you feel loved like you've never been loved before for the first time. And you are just swallowing it that up. That is life changing. 
life-changing. Which I'm so excited for. So let's, thank you for saying all that. And the fact that you were, (laughs) this just blows my mind. The fact that you're driving, you you told me you didn't want to go home because that wasn't fun. You didn't really want to be at work. You really didn't know where you wanted to be. And to have this show be on the radio at the moment that you were able to listen and to go to the bookstore and have that one copy of that book left as if it was placed there and waiting for Rebecca Day to show up and purchase it. That to, that's just says it all right there is you, you just followed your gut. Your gut said, go to the store and you went and you, and you followed your gut and you did it. Mm-hmm. And what I think would be really great for our listeners is to hear how this kind of all you know, unpack it as, as you got to where you are now, because you had some real trials and tribulations mm-hmm. and starting with growing up as the preacher's daughter in the South. There's going to be people listening who have no idea what that is. Yeah. (laughs) So can you share that with us? Well, you, you know, you become a rule follower, a people pleaser, Mm. and that never can lead to inner peace and happiness because, you know, inevitably you can't please everybody and you can't be perfect. Um, And one counts, one of the best things I heard from a counselor is, you know, your actions, you can change you and you can do everything you can to change yourself and what's good for you, but you can't change someone else and you can't spend your life pleasing someone else and you're not God. And that was amazing Mm -hmm. to hear that, you know, it wasn't my responsibility to change someone who didn't want to change and didn't want to be a better person. Um, I'm not God. And that frees me up. And he has, a lot of grace and mercy and um, he's very kind. And I learned that as I look back, I learned how kind he was through me, with me in all those steps. But growing up in the church, you, you know, especially maybe in a very conservative um, Southern, you, you know, a lot, you, you have to do a lot of acts and a lot of works and um but god is full of grace and mercy and he doesn't expect expect us to be perfect and right and then you got married you met this gentleman you got married and was it a, did it start off fabulous and then something suddenly changed or how did that um i married someone very angry and all of a sudden in my parents I had a very good childhood, but my parents didn't argue in front of me and they didn't get angry and yell. And I just didn't know how to handle it and being a people pleaser and trying to please and do all the right things and follow all the right steps and stay within the lines. I tried to squelch that anger that was coming at me. And so I was always trying to diffuse and pamper and coddle and, that just is inevitably doesn't work. If the fan broke, he would go off on me. And wow. So um, it makes a very, a volatile, you never know what's going to trigger and, um, and just not very loving. And he had a lot of rough things in his childhood and issues. And, and there are a lot of people, you know, when people are broken, you know, nobody had a perfect childhood or, um, but just unable to 
empathize and be loving and and then also have this anger um did you did you see that anger before you got married or did it suddenly appear I saw a few things but I had no idea right you know the mask came off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and I dated him long distance, which was also a mistake. Oh, I didn't know that. So you really didn't see him see. in all the different mm-hmm. time periods where mm-hmm. that could have been exposed. Yeah, yeah. I did see wow. little glimpses, but I had no idea. So, um, and you know, I was just thought that if I do all the right things, God would just bless every area of my life. And, you know, he, he did that when he could, but he also didn't control the other person he doesn't you know so you have to learning to have boundaries was the hardest thing is you told me too you would times would get a little tough and you would talk to your parents and they were encouraging you to make it work yes oh yes that was that's tough yeah yeah and so then I eventually quit telling him right you know, eventually you just, you know, quit talking about it. And I think that's the thing about a sadness in the church in that women are kind of counseled to, you know, buck up, love, be loving and kind and do, and all those things are true, but it would have been nice if I had had some boundaries and, um, Right. And could stand up for yourself and what you knew was right. I got you. And then you had your children, the light of your life. Yes. Lights of your life. And here you are. And this is really important to share with our audience too. I feel, especially with COVID, we're going to be talking to so many people who could be suffering like you were and aren't really aware that that's what's happening. So you were telling me, you are getting pretty depressed and now you don't, you can't even talk to your parents about it. Yes. And you're, you're trying to protect your children and you were not sleeping. Right. Um, one thing I always used to say to myself, and I don't know if you remember back in the days they had B movies and they were always, you know, low production movies. And I would say to myself, my life is a B movie. Ah. I divorce my husband my kid's life's going to start out a B movie. Oh my gosh. So I, I just, I want, I just bucked up and I, I've, I pretended I was a great pretender and um, I, I loved my kids. I put, I used to think, Lord, help me not to just be imbalanced and ruin them (laughs) because they were my love. They were the love I got and Mm -hmm. love I gave. And um, anyway, you know, I loved my kids. And when they got to where my youngest was in college um, and I was driving an hour there and back to work and I was providing the health insurance and a lot of the income and um, I was just so depressed and I used to swim laps and I would think about dra- grabbing the drain every time I would swim over the drain or um, grabbing the drain and just holding on to it. Yeah. How do you get air if you do that? Was that the point? Yes. Just uh. depressed and, and, and realizing 
it's a terrible feeling when you're driving to work that's a stressful very stressful job you're like and you're in traffic you don't want to be in the car you don't want to be where you're going you don't want to be where you came from mm. um, just utter misery misery yes miserable and depressed and really didn't see you know I just saw that foresaw that for infinity and beyond <laughs> right yeah. and at some point you couldn't sleep Yes. Oh, well, I hate to say this, but probably five years into my marriage, and I was married 30 years, we were married together 28. And um, I started taking Ambien, and I took a whole Ambien, and I would, that's how I got in bed at night, laid down and went to sleep. And I took Ambien for 20 years, at least. 20 years. So there was a doctor or doctors that kept prescribing that for you. And you told me something very interesting about Ambien that I didn't know is that it prevents you from getting the restorative sleep that we need. Right. REM sleep. And they've done a lot of study on sleep in the last, I don't know, five, 10 years. And, um, and this is a good, um, good counseling is like, I love counseling. <laughs> I mean, and, and, uh, Having a good counselor, you know, you can go to a lot of counselors that just aren't degreed or just don't have the knowledge. And if you're not feeling better or getting how getting better, move to another one because there are some really good ones out there. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, I started counseling with this. She's been my last the one the one I've been going to the longest. And um, after divorcing, um, I still felt so much hurt. And, um, and I, you know, I talked through things. I mean, I had many, many things to talk through mm -hmm. and triggers and, and I just had still a lot of depression and still a lot of hurt feeling and, um, even suicidal. Yeah. I, I was walking in the woods here where I, near here, Cochrane Mill Park, thinking, can you kill yourself and it not look like you killed yourself? Because oh my gosh, is so selfish. And oh, I, I hate that for you. <laughs> so um, I, there, she has mentioned to me this, and I forget what it's called, but it's already, it has rapid eye movement in it, in the counseling. And you discuss your event that, you know, your the most traumatic event that you want to talk about or whatever is hurting. And, um, and you, then you, after discussing it with them, with the counselor, then you follow your eyes, you follow a dot on a screen and your eyes go back and forth. And throughout all that, I've read a lot on rapid eye movement and sleep. And I started, I got off ambient and I started taking melatonin and then I started taking looking up GABA and 5-HTP and L-theanine and all those natural things. I got off caffeines, um, really watching what I eat, try to eat cleaner. But I've been sleeping eight hours a night. I mean, wow. I'm laying next to a man who loves me. And that's just everybody's, I have this, he has this beautiful home. And I had this queen bed when I got 
got divorced, I bought a new bed. I didn't want to sleep in the same bed. I understand. A twin bed. And I bought one that moves up and, you know, you can change the levels of it. And I wanted this, uh, I just started sleeping and it's this really comfortable bed. But when I got married, I thought, I don't want this king bed. I want a bed where I can feel the person that loves me next to me. So that sounds really silly, but we oh, have a so sweet bed. <laughs> But anyway, when you sleep, you should have so much time of REM. And I bought him, my husband bought me an Apple Watch and you can do a sleep study. And I was waking up, I have low pulse and low heart rate. And when I sleep in the middle of the night, it would go up. And this oh. was before I got married, but I realized my sleep wasn't, I wasn't getting enough REM. And, but eventually now I am like, I've been sleeping eight hours, but um, that REM, the rapid eye movement, it's sort of at the end of the day and you're in that REM sleep, it's, it sorts your thoughts and your traumas and your memories and all your, all the functions your brain did that day and it resettles it and stores it. And if you don't have that sleep, it's like so important to have that REM sleep. And you cannot get that through Ambien and um, drugs. You didn't have REM sleep yeah, essentially 20. for 20 plus years. And that, my friend, you told, and I know, I remember seeing you. Um, yes. And I knew something was really wrong. And <laughs> you, you didn't really share but you were going through a huge medical situation. Yeah. As you, as you said to me, it was the years of combined, all that negative stuff, pushing it down, not getting the restorative sleep. And now your body said, okay, you're going to deal with this now. Can you share that? Because I think a lot of women are in that. Yeah. Well, a lot of that stemmed and I, from that rapid eye movement, counseling and I they call it something and I'm ashamed I don't know the what they call it we'll figure it out and we'll put it in our in our Facebook group so that people who are interested can find it so we'll we'll do that don't worry it's um that took that hurt I can think about those things and I don't have that same feeling of hurt nice really overwhelm you um but I get really good sleep I watch what I eat and um, I take bioidentical hormones for my bones and just a lot of all the things coming together and being at peace and being loved, being loved is really important and loving someone. That's the way God made us. And that's, but tell us right before you decided to take all these health initiatives, it's pretty scary. Yes. Well, when you're walking in the woods and you're thinking, how can I <laughs> without off myself in the woods (laughs) right just bad and and I knew um and I I think a lot of people who I mean I don't know who had a marriage that started that way and went 28 years and allowed themselves to be in that I think that's what took longer for me to get over Mm -hmm. um and I think tanking ambient and not sleeping and getting REM sleep just amplified that so it probably took me a little longer to and get what showed up though you had to have surgery yes you know I ended up with a thyroid cancer oh my gosh and my GYN found the lump 
and went to an endocrinologist and ended up having half my thyroid removed. Um, but stress and unhappiness and bitterness and hurt, no sleep, it affects your body and there's just no way it doesn't. I, I went through another thing uh, when I first left and I, it took me two years of counseling just to even divorce. I just, it just, I just was at such a low spot and I pray and hope there's not many that bad, but, but. Well, you're here, you're here to share that uh, yeah. you don't have to go through that. Right. Um, but anyway, I remember going for a physical my annual physical and him checking my EKG and he saw he didn't like the way the high points looked jagged or something. So then he sent me for a, um, a echocardia, no, a sonogram. What do they call that? Echocardiogram? Sonogram? Sonogram on your heart. Okay. And I remember laying there thinking, I really do have a broken heart. <gasps> Oh my gosh. I was thinking, I really do have a broken heart. And it turned out I had a um, interatrial aneurysm. And oh, um, you didn't even tell me this in our conversation. Wow. (laughs) Oh, you're just full of surprises, aren't you? Interatrial aneurysm. And when I went and I, you know, they said you could have been born with it, your heart's fine, but you do have this issue. So when I went to get the surgery for the thyroid, they asked how, you know, what's your physical heart and all that. And I told him about this. And so I went to have one of those, it's a sonogram too, but they can actually calculate how much blood flows from the right to the left and right through your body. And um, at that time I was with my sweet Jim that I love so much. And um, it turned out it was, my heart was healthy and good. And for me, that was my miracle of. It was non consequential trait for you to have that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I wonder, I wonder if you had kept up, you know, what that would have ended up, ended up looking right. like. Right. And it stress, um, I had a bout of, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, diverticulitis. And I had, there was two times in my job work where, you know, I was a controller and headed up all the accounting for a huge, uh, um, steel contractor. And, um, anyway, I, I had a lot of stress, 450 employees, multi-state, multi-union, all this stress. And I, there were two times there that I had diverticulitis and I haven't had it since. Wow. No. And diverticulitis for those who don't know is what? It's an infection in your intestine. It makes little polyps and then they get infected. But I believe that's stress. And I just. Does it cause pain? It was very painful and you get a fever. And I worked through, I had to work and I just. Oh my gosh. I was sick as a dog. My daughter came home. It was a Friday night. She calls and I'm, she, she said, mom, are you crying? And I said, yeah, I'm just hurting real bad. I'm okay though. And she says, that's not, you know, to go, you know, anyway, then long story short, she was up at Tacoa Falls College and she drove home two hours at 11 o'clock at night, got there about one and took me to the emergency room. And it was diverticulitis. It's the first time I knew I'd even had that. And I'm not overweight. I was actually way underweight. No. Yeah. You're a thin, petite, beautiful woman. But unhappiness, stress, 
abusive relationships, you know, it just takes such a toll on your body. I was five, seven and 104 pounds. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. That's not good. Not good. Wow. Yeah. So tell us now, I love your story and you had to do a lot of work, as you said, to even get divorced and then to move forward with your life. You had to do a lot of work and did it seem like work? What did it, how, how was that? Would people get discouraged if they had to start doing that? How does that? Yeah, you would. It is very, it can be very discouraging. Um, I just remember thinking I can't go back. Okay. That's what kept me moving forward is I knew I couldn't go back. It would probably kill me. And yes. It was crazy, but it was this desperate. And it's like what drove me to the bookstore was I couldn't go back. And I, I was desperate. It was this feeling of desperation. And then I can't keep going like this. This isn't good. I knew that much. <laughs> so sure. So and, many people. And I, you know, being raised the way I was and loving God and wanting to please. Um, I just got to the point where I, you know, I was like, God, if I'm making a mistake, I'm so sorry, but you know, I can't keep going this way. And I just got to the place where I was just told God that and just, and he brought people in my life and counseling and um, pulled me out, (laughs) pulled me forward. (laughs) And you had, and you had the faith. Did you, did you feel sort of a lot of people who've been on the podcast who are sharing their second win moment share the idea that they kind of just put it out there and surrendered and had faith that they were going to get, no matter what happened, they were going to get caught. They were going to, they were going to go ahead and take that leap of faith and they weren't going to fall. Somebody was going to, it was, they were going to get caught. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you felt? I had a lot of encouragement from my family, my parents and my sister and um, my children, especially, um, pushing me forward and pulling me forward from both directions, you know, Uh. don't go back, mom, you, you're beautiful. We love you. I had a lot of support and you need support. You really do. I feel for anybody that doesn't have. Well, and that's what we want to be on this podcast. And, and I'm so grateful for you to be sharing your story and, and we'll, we'll work out some things in our Facebook group so that if somebody maybe needs a, a little, little boost from Rebecca Day, we can get them in touch with you. Yeah. So I, I do love that one story you told me about your then-to-be husband, Jim, and him driving upon a lady with the dryer or something in her truck. Oh, that was a that was a big moment for both of you. Can you share that? We just talked about it this morning, early this morning. Oh, how funny! Doing this podcast, and um, he said your story can help others. He, he was coming home from my house into his neighborhood, and a woman was on the side of the road in a truck with a refrigerator turned on its side in the back of the truck, and she was crying, and. Jim stopped and one of his neighbors stopped and Jim helped to move the refrigerator around. But the story that she told Jim was that 
um, her husband was, they were, her husband was, they were up, I live in Noonan and they were up in um, like coming or somewhere. So she had driven a long way and it was dark. It was night. And um, her husband wanted to watch wrestling. There was a big wrestling thing on and he sent her to get this refrigerator that they had found off Craigslist or something. And by herself, by herself, a refrigerator, a refrigerator. I don't even know how much those weigh. No, I know. Hundreds and of pounds. He was crying because he knew she knew he'd be upset because it wasn't in the truck right and it was had banged around already just coming out of the neighborhood and he was worried about his anger when she got home Uh uh-huh um so jim was saying well my girlfriend (laughs) she was saying well i we we're in the we go to church and and i can't leave him and so you know that that's just crazy (laughs) but you you had been in her shoes. I had literally, well, one a refrigerator, but basically been in her shoes exactly. And um, at what point, you know, where are your boundaries? And at what point do you say, I can't, this isn't right. I can't live like this. Um, and that's, that's a, that's a tough point to find. Very yeah. tough to find, but, and a lot of people I hear, I have a friend in the neighborhood, um, it's an opposite. It's his, he and his wife and she's changing, but they're younger and he's had boundaries and she's changing. She's mm. dying her. And if you have that where you can speak, this is, you know, this is hurting me when you do this and this, mm. and you have the person that listens and goes to counseling or whatever they need to do to make changes so that they can love you. And one thing um, I learned is loving someone does is not keeping them from the consequences of their actions. People have to wow. the consequences for their actions or they don't change. And in raising your children, if you raise your kids not to have consequences, when they get big, life is not like that. If you quit, don't show up late for work every day, you will eventually probably get fired. Um, you know, people have to have consequences for their action and it's not loving to keep them from those. And um, anyway, you, know, you may want to No, yeah. that's, that's a very good point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tell me this. If there was a sentence or an idea or a saying or something that you want to have people take away from this podcast something, what would that be? Rebecca's word of advice, (laughs) we'll call it. Um, You deserve to be loved and honored and treated with respect and dignity and um, integrity and honesty. And if you're not get some counseling and get some, um, put those boundaries up. There's a lot of good books on boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud, but um, letting someone run over you is not loving them. Letting someone mistreat you is not loving them. You're enabling enabling is not loving someone. Letting someone hurt you is not loving them. 
Love that. Yeah, being a, a martyr is not loving someone. And it's just doing you damage on the opposite side. You're yeah. not loving yourself. I always think to myself, God doesn't need fake pretend marriages in our church. God, nobody looks, you know, people at church, one couple, a couple of people have called us Barbie and Ken and thought we were perfect. That doesn't serve anything. And, and that's the big mistake in the churches. We're all supposed to go to church and be perfect and everybody goes smiling and be happy and everything's great. And life is not that way. We all have bruises and we all have hurts and um, issues from our childhood and from life treating us, the, you know, badgering us and, and pretending is not, God doesn't say put on the belt of pretend. He says, put on the belt of truth. And being able to speak life and truth into one another and say, hey, that's not good for you to treat your wife that way, or you don't deserve to be treated that way. You should, you know, have boundaries. And um, it's God doesn't need fake and pretend. He wants honesty and integrity. And he doesn't expect us to be perfect. He knows we make mistakes. We're not God. We're not <laughs> By the way. God. We are imperfect. We, we have- are divine souls making our own choices. Yes. Yeah. And you are finding that you are able to be loved and feel love within yourself and love yourself now in this new relationship. Yes. I couldn't personally be happier for you. You are a night and day. Your aura is amazing now compared to when I met you a couple of years ago. You were like a beaten dog. I don't, I don't know how else to yeah, say it. That is true. And you could, you could feel it in yeah. you, but, I, and you're just a beautiful woman inside and out. And it was like, it was kind of getting stifled. Yes. You were stuffed in there yeah. and now it's coming out and you're willing. I don't think you would have shared this story a couple of years ago. No way. You just said, yeah. Nope, I can't do that. Yeah. And I'm so glad you're at a point where you can, because you don't even know how many people you may be touching with this story that is, yeah. you're out of it and you yeah. are on the other side, looking, looking back and, and able to share and looking forward at the same time. Yeah. And I am so proud of you. So proud of you. And I know your children are too. What is next for Rebecca, what are your secrets that keep you going every day? Um, right now, I'm really enjoying being a grandmother. I have three grandkids <laughs> and being married and loving, loving and being loved. <laughs> so I'm kind of focusing on that right now. You're just basking in the glory, aren't you? I am. Yeah, I'm in a good spot. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. I see bigger things for you. Yeah, I know that this is just the beginning of you being able to help many women. Yes, I would. I would love to to encourage women to. We'll make that happen. We'll 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 get that on the front burner. Yeah, and let you still enjoy being loved and being a fabulous <laughs> grandmother. That's such a novel thing after almost being sixty. <laughs> Isn't that funny? That's novel to you. Yeah, after yeah. thirty years of marriage. That's novel to you. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so exciting. And I'm yeah. better late than never. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good way to put it. Yeah. Right. Thank you so much for your time today. Oh, I'm so glad we could get the technical part of this working. 
And we're going to share information in our private Facebook group, My Second Wind, with Rebecca. And she's going to share some of the authors that have helped her in her journey. And we will have some fun stuff coming up. Maybe a question and answer with you. Okay. If, you know, depending on what kind of feedback we get after your episode airs. So thank you so much, my friend. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud of you. Look at you go, girl. You're sweet. (laughs) Hell yeah. Here we go. Make it happen. (laughs) All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening today. I hope that something you heard made you smile, made you think, and made you feel. If these incredible stories empowered you, awakened you, or left you feeling inspired, make sure to share with a friend and write us a review on iTunes so we can continue to change lives through this content. Make sure you tag us while you're listening on our Facebook group, My Second Wind, or hit the link in the show notes to join the conversation. Until next time, go ahead and breathe in your second wind.